Welcome to the Master Your Roles podcast. This show will teach you how to be more joyful, productive, and fulfilled in all areas of life. I believe that the key to a fulfilling life is to correctly identify and then constantly improve the 15 to 20 roles you currently play or should be playing. You're meant to do great things, so it's time to start managing your time like an innovator and visionary. I'm your host, Scott Snow, a productivity expert and life coach. Welcome to the show. Amanda Palmer, the musician, is badass. She's a member of the Dresden Dolls, and it's just two musicians, and it's a really quirky setup. It's She's uh, the vocalist and uh, keyboard player, or piano, and their drummer is named Brian Viglioni, and that guy's awesome, too. And uh, they're a perfect fit for each other. I've long been inspired by Amanda Palmer, and I'm glad that I finally could put all this inspiration together in an episode. The thing I like best about Amanda Palmer is her authenticity. I mean, you just really get the vibe that she's all of what she is portraying. I first really got into Amanda Palmer when I watched a DVD of the Dresden Dolls, and it was a behind-the-scenes video. And I found that I could watch this all day, just watching her get up and brush her teeth and do her morning yoga routine. And she's just so cool. Her apartment is wild. You know, she, I think it was in Cambridge. She's from Boston, or she lived in Boston for a long time. And it's just a funky place, you know, like a, almost like a hoarder's place, you know, like lots of strange things in the background and artsy things and posters and like couches from way back, you know, like Victorian age furniture. She's really quirky and fun. There's one scene I really love where she just sits at the piano. She's still half asleep from waking up. And she just starts noodling around the, on the piano, composing or playing a piece. And her eyes are closed and like her head is crooked to the side. And she's just really totally 110% in the music. And this really hit a chord with me because it reminds me of being in the practice rooms at uh, UMass. I went to school for music. And sometimes it's late at night. You're just in the practice room. Maybe you're all alone. You're the only one there. And you just start jamming for yourself. You're not really practicing anything for, you know, a professor or a lesson or a performance. You're just doing it for yourself. And she does that, and you just get in that zone where she she's almost like half asleep. It's, it really is a different mental state that she's getting into, and, and I really connected with that. And I just really appreciate how she can take what most people can only do when they're most comfortable and all alone in a practice room when they're totally warmed up and be expressive to the degree that they can. She can turn that on and do that in, in front of a, an audience. And I'm really envious and inspired by that. In fact, her whole sound, it seems to me, and I've been thinking about this a lot, when she deepens her voice and she really goes full out with her voice, it really does remind me of doing something experimental in practice. But that is her style. That's what she's going for. So it's really innovative how she is so expressive, I think. So she inspires me to um, even put out social media info and posts that aren't maybe perfect. And she kind of helped me get over my sort of writer's block or posting block. 
because I haven't posted for a while on social media and I really want to get back into a routine. And sometimes you start thinking that everything has to be a stroke of genius and something completely new and innovative and then anything that's less than that, uh, you just want to throw away and you, you can't you can't think that way. Uh, I think sometimes you can reach points of, you know, where you're really being expressive and doing something important, but you can't rely on doing that. You know, it's not like opening up the faucet and it just comes out. Sometimes you lead into that and arrive there. So I think it's an important point. And she even got me thinking, you know, at work we have a a couch. It's kind of a corporate uh, setting, the admin area where I work. And there's a couch, and you sit on the couch, and I'm always surprised of how firm and how hard this couch is, because you expect a couch is cozy and soft. But then I sit in it, and then I'm kind of happy that it's so firm. And this is just a strange experience, and just the fact that I'm sharing it with you, I think, proves that I've taken a little inspiration from Amanda Palmer and shared something that I don't think is a uh, genius-level observation, but something... Kind of interesting to me. Now, one thing, uh, one performance that she reminded me of in this whole approach of being authentic with your expression, and I'll put the link in the uh, show notes for this one. The drummer is named Philly Joe Jones. He's also called Papa Joe Jones, and he's a super inspirational jazz drummer, swing drummer. He played drums for the Count Basie Orchestra. When you see his performance, he is just pure joy, kind of like a Louis Armstrong, where you're just totally expressing what you want. There is no, like, worrying about if his technique is right or if he's doing the right thing musically or if the audience is into it. He's very much discovering what's happening as it's happening like the audience is. And this, it's like this... uh, a cycle, a beautiful cycle that continues on, and they both feed each other. And I think this is a really positive way of thinking of how to be more expressive. He also reminds me of, you know, my, my old days of, uh, you know, college and, and being a drummer, percussionist, musician, and you're working so hard to get better. You're practicing, you know, six, seven hours a day. And what I find is that Seeing someone who's expressing totally from joy, just like Amanda Palmer, is really inspiring to me. Because I would remember I would be, you know, worried about this. Am I in time here? And, you know, what could be better? And is my technique good? And I used to take drum lessons from a man named Alan Dawson, who is a, one of the top professors at Berkeley College of Music for drums. And it was a really big step up for me as a high school student to start working with him. Uh, very intimidating, but I learned a lot. And I remember my first day going in, you would go into his basement at his house in Lexington, and then downstairs was a little practice area you could warm up. So there was a little drum pad there, so I was kind of warming up, but I was also sizing up the student before me. And I said, you know, this person's pretty good, but I think I can hang, you know, that I'm kind of at that level, I guess, you know, and so that kind of made me feel a little more encouraged. And then the door opened, and uh, Alan Dawson came out, and with this little kid, he was about 10 years old, and he says, okay, Timmy, uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> and I was, uh, at that moment, I was, uh, really knew I was in trouble. The idea of expression and just free-form expression, 
starting at 100% and getting out to the audience at 100% is my focus here with Amanda Palmer. Another thing I really like about the Dresden Dolls is that they have like a cabaret show. It's, it's not really even like a performance. It's more like a private party. And I love that vibe. In the cabaret, everyone's dressed up, and Amanda Palmer has her makeup and, you know, the fishnet stockings and the drummer. You know, he kind of looks more goth, and they're just, you really see that this is a special show. And I think cabaret lends itself to being very flexible. There's a lot of stops and starts with the two musicians. You know, at the end, you really feel like you've been through a whole experience. You know, the... the um, Makeup is running on Amanda Palmer, running down her face. She's got the hairy armpits, and it's sweaty, and uh, everyone's exhausted, and you really feel like you've been through like a war of uh, you know this musical expression, and it's just so cool. I came across the uh, a reference to the Island of Misfit Toys, and I think that's from the animated uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer special. And they somehow arrive to this island of toys that are kind of half broken and they're all kind of, they kind of hang together, but they don't really have anywhere to go. And I really, that image really connects with me because I think I'm kind of like that uh, misfit toy, you know, in terms of creativity and what I'm trying to do with, with my life, my purpose. And I think a lot of creative people can relate to that. Probably most people could of not really feeling like you're 100%, but you do have things to share and uh, strengths and gifts. And I really see Amanda Palmer as being in that island of misfit toys too, and she revels in it. She did a cover of War Pigs that is awesome. And uh, of course, I'm a huge Aussie and Black Sabbath fan and to hear her do that in the drummer, and it just went on and on and on. And this live performance, you can, I'll put a link for that one too. But just incredible. A couple other songs I recommend of hers are Missed Me, Christopher Lydon, and Coin Operated Boy. Again, she's totally unique. One other thing I love about her is her approach to social media. She really has this. We're a family, and, you know, like her fans, she really treats them well, I think. And uh, it's a beautiful relationship, I think, that she has developed with her fans. And I think that also is, is very authentic. She has a podcast called The Art of Asking Everything. And it's just an interview podcast, and I listened to a few episodes, and, you know, she's awesome. When Amanda Palmer performs, she's really 100% in her role of creative musician and, you know, expressive. I'd like to share with you my list of roles. I'm fascinated with life roles and all the different hats we wear and the different roles we play. In fact, that used to be, in fact, that used to be the name of my company and my podcast, All the Hats We Wear. But before that, I had Master Your Roles, and I think that's a little stronger. So I switched back to Master Your Roles. I love the idea of master and mastery. And really, the idea of this whole business of identifying your roles and then developing them is kind of an oxymoron in itself because you could never master your roles. But I like to have a goal that you aspire to and that's big and a vision that's appealing and worthwhile to keep striving for every day. If you strive towards mastering your roles every day of your life, 
you'll have a life well lived. So here are my current roles. Of course, there are four categories of roles. The mind-body-spirit roles, giving and receiving roles, and personal and professional roles. So for mind-body-spirit roles, I have four of them now. And as you know, roles change every year. They could even change month by month. You have to keep focusing on them. And I think about a month is a good time to recheck, reevaluate your roles, and make any edits. So here are the four roles. One, TM, that's Transcendental Meditation, Meditator. Two, Innovator and Visionary. Three, Lean, Strong Body and Clean Eater. And four, The Dude, a sage. I like to think of myself as a sage. Maybe that's thinking too big. I don't know. But it's fun. And I recommend thinking big for your roles. Why not? Now the giving and receiving roles. Number five, financial whiz. Number six, giver and philanthropist. Now we have a bunch of personal roles. Seven, husband. Eight, dad. Nine, family and friend. Ten, happy hobbyist. This includes backgammon, of course. Eleven, movie buff. Twelve, chef and mixologist. Thirteen, joker. Fourteen, writer, journaler, and memoirist. 15, the Willy Wonka of creativity. And here are my new professional roles. 16, master your role CEO and world-class problem solver. 17, productivity expert. 18, support group facilitator. 19, professional speaker. 20, podcaster. 21, sales pro. Number 22, marketing guru and social media participant and 23, activity therapist and music therapist. I made some revisions to my current planner, too, the Master Your Roles Planner. And here are some of the things that you want to have in a day planner. Or what I like to think of, this is a monthly planner. For a while, I was doing a planner for 60 days, but I found that that was a too big of uh, a workbook to drag around all the time, so I switched to a month. And that seems to work a lot better. One thing you want in your planner is to list out all of your roles. So I have all of my massive list of 23 different roles that I play. These are different areas of my life that I need to spend quality time in and keep on the radar, keep striving. I have some monthly calendars in the planner as well. You know, it's for one month, but uh, I put four months of a, you know, one sheet per month. So you can jot some things down. Most people are switching to phones anyway, but I kept it in there. Another nice innovation with this planner is to have a uh, week-at-a-glance sheets. So I actually use two Post-it notes that kind of form as little tabs on the right side of the planner. And uh, the top one, the one that I put at the very top, is for the week-at-a-glance. So I can just open up that bookmark at any given time, and that's this week. And I can see all the things that I've got going on this week. And then the one at the bottom, and the tab at the bottom is for uh, daily, the daily sheets. Each one is two sheets that open up. Week at a glance, you want to have some space to put some to-dos or, you know, reminders, things that are coming up for that week. This way, you know, for the whole month, you can just look ahead to, you know, week four of the month and jot down what you need to remember for that month, for that week. 
Also along the bottom of the two pages, as I open them up, is Monday through Sunday. So a little box for each one if you want to jot something for a day specifically within that week. And also a really cool, innovative, visionary type of uh, tool to use is to do every Friday, list a bunch of quality questions related to all your roles. So example for some of my current ones are, uh, how can I change my morning routine so I can do meditation in the morning and not just in the afternoon for the summer? And how can I think more in terms of quarterly goals, so a bigger chunk of time to get things done than just like a week or a day? And how can I put books on my goal checklist? These are some of the questions. You know, what global changes must I make to get real results in my goals and visions? What are some of my juicy goals for September 1st, since it's June now? Next, the planner has a daily sheet for each day of the month. So that's two pages that open up like a book, left and right, for one day. On the left side, at the top, will be a square for top outcomes. So that's the VIP, you know, very important priority type of stuff. And then it's a couple uh, rectangles for just random thoughts and ideas and writing. And then on the right is for journaling. So this is your uh, journaling creative snippets space, and it's just two rectangular boxes. And you can just jot down throughout the day things that are of interest, unique experiences, things you want to journal about, anything that's interesting from the day. Now, after the daily sheets, I have uh, my goal section. And in this, I have what I call roles and goals. So I list each role and then indented beneath the role are my goals. So it's all put together really nicely. So for example, role one, I'm a TM meditator. And then under that statement of my role, I put a couple goals. I meditate twice a day for 20 minutes. And I've completed the TM training course. So that's a, kind of the master list of your goals. But then I like to break it down too with some checklists for weekly goals you know, each week I print out a financial report for the week. That's a weekly kind of habit that I can do. And then I can check, you know, put a check mark if I do it. Also daily, and this is a, uh, a handy sheet I'm going to include in the notes on my website for you to have for free. So this is a daily goal checklist. And you have space for, I think, 10 to 12 goals on the left running down in the column. And then you have 1 to 31, so you can give a, give a check mark when you've achieved that goal for the day. These are really habits, you know, things you want to do every day, an action step, an action goal. So with each one, you'll either mark it with a check, meaning you achieved it, or an X. Then you can track your progress each month. Another key element with this, and probably even more important than tracking your results, is that it helps you to revisit those goals a lot. A lot of times we make a goal, you know, a New Year's resolution, and then we don't revisit it again until next New Year's. I'd rather be focused on the Three Stooges Marathon on New Year's Eve than worrying about new goals. So when you revisit your goals every day, you're a lot more likely to get into a routine, get into a streak. You know, you say you want to meditate every day or exercise. Now you get two days in a row, that's going to help you to start to go, oh, can I get seven in a row? Could I get 10 in a row? Then you start getting that habit ingrained 
And then you go, could I do for the whole month? Could I get 30 in a row? So it's kind of fun. Uh, once you start tracking your daily goals like that, you'll have a lot more momentum. I've been thinking a lot about goal setting, and I think really when it comes down to it, the most difficult part of setting goals and creating goals is to identify them in your imagination, to create them, and that takes the work. One of my roles is to be a chef and mixologist, and uh, so I like to continue building skills of cooking. So I have a goal of creating new dishes every week. And I was watching this show, uh, Beat Bobby Flay, and I learned about the persimmon. It's kind of like a grapefruit-looking plum. And that was the ingredient, you know, the the focused ingredient for the day. And I said, you know, I would like to create something with that. And then they had what they called hoe cakes, which is like a corn muffin battered pancake. And I would like to try that. You have to open up the possibilities to find those different new things that could become your goals. you got to feed those passions, hobbies, and interests at all times. I encourage you to check out the free download, your daily goal checklist. That's really going to be helpful to get you to um, clarify some of your daily goals that you can do. Tack it up on your wall and see how many days in a row you can do those. Start a streak. Let's wrap it up with a great quote from Amanda Palmer's book, The Art of Asking, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Let People Help. Quote, when you're an artist, nobody ever tells you or hits you with the magic wand of legitimacy. You have to hit your own head with your own handmade wand, and you feel stupid doing it. So print out that goal checklist and start to use it, and use that magic wand on yourself. Hit your own self on the head with that magic wand that makes you official and makes you creative. And thanks for listening. You're meant to do great things with your life. If you want to be an innovator and visionary in your field, you have to manage your busy life like one. Make sure to follow my Master Your Roles Facebook page so you can get the link to our goal checklist PDF. Once you follow my Facebook page, You can ask questions, share resources, and engage with like-minded folks who are committed to their self-development. Just visit facebook.com backslash masteryourroles to claim your complimentary goal checklist. See you there.